We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney, Pete Sweeney. Oh, yeah, it is that time to talk to our Chiefs insider, the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney, and he's presented by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, the official sportsbook of 610 sports radio are you driving sir i hear the wipers how are you driving safely with the headlights on yeah the headlights are on and and i i don't i didn't know i was going to reveal this but it's it's the first car butt warmer day of of the year it's seemingly in kansas city a little chilly out that's what it's yes that's what the editor-in-chief that's editor-in-chief man you got the the heated seats must be nice <laughs> yeah, no, it's important, and, and especially when you're driving an Arrowhead in, in, in the snow, which sometimes happen, happens about two to three times a year. The uh, the pre start of the car is always is always clutch as well. So uh, yeah, um, but we're we're trying to stay warm here. I'm headed out to Arrowhead. Looks like we're gonna have to check out the team in about 40 minutes in in the rain. Uh, the the practice look happens. Uh, before the press conferences on Friday, so uh, prepared to do that. But we're excited, man. This is uh, this is fun. Sunday night football. Hey, Pete. Uh, this is Nick Schwartz, six ten Sports <laughs> Radio, Kansas City. Here, um, it, first game for Kadarius Tony also comes at the same time where it looks like Sky Moore is going to see at least maybe a reduced role in special teams. He's no longer going to be the exclusive punt returner for this team. If I were just to look at those two guys, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, rest of the season, who do you think has a bigger role or a bigger impact on this team the rest of the way? On the team, you know, it's one thing because I, I think if you take Sky Moore off of punt return, which they're clearly thinking and toying with doing now that Tony is in the mix, I think it can open up things for Sky Moore potentially on the offense. And there's also the hidden thing with injuries and whatnot. And, and Moore just having been here since the offseason, I still tend to think he'll have 
a bigger impact this year. I'm not giving out hope on that, but if, if we're if we're narrowing it down and focusing on on special teams, like to me, I think it's going to be Tony. I, I think you know if you really dig into what Dave Tobe said yesterday, and he's always pretty forthcoming with us, which we always uh, appreciate. I mean, they're really excited about the prospect of Tony returning and this was something that they were teaching sky more on the fly he hadn't really done it in college tony did it at college and when he had the ball in his hand it was pretty good and it's the type of thing where if he's able to to feel good about doing it sunday maybe he gets five to ten plays on offense but you're actually getting his hands on the ball at a certain point and so if i it's my gut i tend to think they make this switch on sunday and I think you hope that Moore continues to have a bigger impact, but in the, in the best of both world scenario, they, they each have an impact in their own way, be it offense or special teams. We're talking to Pete Sweeney. He's presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of 610 Sports Radio. Give me the scenario here where the, where the Titans make this thing interesting on Sunday. I mean, in the NFL, being an 11.5, 12.5 point favorite is, is quite the number. And Kansas City typically hasn't been able to blow out opponents, but it's a post-bye week. You now even have Patrick Mahomes earlier in the week saying, you know, we remember this team beat our ass last week. All of that, uh, I think, is a good thing to hear if you're a Chiefs fan heading into this game. Well, like, when... Mahomes says another thing in the future about not really caring about a certain game. Let's keep this receipt because, I mean, pretty clearly he doesn't like to talk about it a lot, but he has these receipts ready, and he's not happy about the way things went last game, and I think that's that's a really good thing to hear if you're a Chiefs fan. It just reaffirms his competitiveness, and we get to see glimpses of that more on the field than anything between the white lines. He's not really much of a talker when it comes to these things, but when he's flexing at the Arizona Cardinals for some reason, you know that he's, he's feeling it. The, the ideal scenario for the Titans to somehow come away with this is their front to be as effective as it has been in, in uh, if impacting Mahomes and, and affecting him. I think it's Ryan Tannehill playing. I mean, let's all be honest with each other. We can say this. We're not jinxing anything. If the rookie plays in this game, there is no way the Titans are winning. I don't care if they have Derrick Henry coming off a 200-yard game. So it's Tannehill playing, and then it's Derrick Henry being uh, effective. And if you really think about what they were able to do last year, it wasn't necessarily Henry going off, so to speak, because I thought Nick Bolton had a pretty good game. It was just them having a good team game, and a lot of that to me was A.J. Brown. and He's not a member of the Titans anymore. And so I, I think it's all playing in the Chiefs' hands. To me, it would have to be a Indianapolis-like perfect storm scenario for the Titans to have any chance. I think Las Vegas all week has thought that the rookie in Willis is going to play and not Tannehill, which is why the spread has been so much. And so, I, again, in the spirit of not jinxing anything, anything can happen. But I, I'd be stunned, just like I was with the Indianapolis game, if the Chiefs somehow lost this game. Pete, last week, the trade for Kadarius Toney. This week at the 11th hour, really, I mean, they didn't become public until after the trade deadline. Uh, the, the, the trade of Rashad Fenton and basically a salary dumping move. What was the message sent by the Chiefs? What was your, your takeaway from what the Chiefs did or didn't do at the trade deadline? Well, it was a little wild to me because we have seen Steve Spagnuolo show a little bit of hesitation to lean into rookies uh, and and even younger players. Remember how maddening it was to watch uh, Daniel Sorensen be rolled out instead of Juan Thornhill. But this was a, a double down on what the Chiefs have in their first-year players, and it was getting a conditional seventh, and we'll see if that, uh, the conditions are mad and they end up getting that pick. And 
you think about who they got this year, Jalen Watson and Isaiah Pacheco, who are now seemingly starters, were among those seventh-round picks. And then you, you have the cap, salary cap space. And, and then there, there's another factor to it, and I talked a little bit about it online and on several shows, but I'll, I'll mention it again. I think this was a, a thing where if you really look at the, the last seventh-rounder there and the cornerback, Nazi Johnson, we don't know a ton about because he just hasn't had the, the opportunity. I, I think they were fearful that they could have risked losing him by sending him the waivers to get Rashad Fenton back on the roster. And with Jalen Watson playing as he did, with Trent McDuffie back, with Jerry Sneed and Joshua Williams proving that he could be that fourth cornerback for you, they didn't really need Fenton services anymore. So you save Nazi Johnson. You can continue to develop a draft pick who you really liked last year. Rashad Fenton probably gets an opportunity to play. You get some draft capital back, maybe, and you get some salary cap space. So if there is an OBJ possibility, if there is a defensive lineman later in the year, like we've seen in previous years, that becomes available, you now have the space to do it. And so it, it was a very logical move. And it not wasn't like Rashad Fenton was – a world beater this year. It's probably his worst look so far in Kansas City. We and it started with you know the the clip was going around with Patrick Mahomes screaming at him across the field in training camp for holding Travis Kelsey and then trying to brag about it. So yeah. I think the writing was on the wall. I think it's a fresh start for Fenton and they got some value back. Yeah, my only hesitation was just the depth aspect. I don't disagree with what you're saying about his performance this year. It certainly hasn't been anything to be excited about, but just. You know, it, it scares me a little bit. It's still a guy that started plenty of games for you in his time in Kansas City, and now you 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 risk a little bit of the depth if if somebody in that secondary were to get hurt. I, I think I hope we're not sitting here heading into the playoffs with a corner or two that's out and saying, "Man, I know he didn't perform all that well, but he would have liked to have had some some veteran experience." I hope that's not the case. But someone that was back at practice this week, Pete Lucas Niang, we know he suffered a very serious injury back in Week 17. Uh, the patellar tendon rupture. He's back at practice, and I think some people maybe looked at that as, oh, wait a second here. Maybe he could eventually help them at right tackle this year. Am I wrong in thinking that Andrew Wiley, unless he gets hurt, is still going to play right tackle the rest of this season? Yeah. On the the front of your point, you're right. We're two injuries away from Chris Lamont and DiCaprio Boodle, maybe have meaningful (laughs) snaps. That's a valid point as well. When it comes to Niang, I think it's a possibility. I, I, don't, I don't think they're so dissatisfied with Andrew Wiley where it's, you know, as soon as Niang is healthy, he's going in type deal. But we have seen them make offensive line changes when it comes to performance in the past, maybe more so than even what would be other positions, I, I would say. So is it a possibility? Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they really have liked the way that Wiley has sort of taken that position and, and shored it up. And unless he were to have a really, really bad couple of performances where it was, in a sense, egregious, then I, I think maybe that they would make the change. But for right now, I, I think they're going to probably use most of this 21-day window to get him back into football shape, just like we saw them do it with Trent McDuffie. And then, at best, I think, and, and I'd be in, in agreement with you, it's better depth than – a Jaron Christian or a Prince Tego and Ogo. Not, not to say that, that those guys can't play and they haven't played snaps for Kansas City. I think he does feel better about Lucas Niang, who they were kind of leaning into as a starter before he, he got hurt. Again, they're, they're building his strength right now. They like the way he's coming along, but I, I'd be in agreement with you. It's not an instant oatmeal type of thing where, oh, it's ready, let's eat. I think it's going to have to be a scenario where Wiley is, is not playing particularly well and you know, it can't happen on the other side either because you got Brown on the franchise tag. Not that you want to make decisions on money. It's just 
you're not going to not play a guy that's on the franchise tag. So if anything, it'll be it'll be at right tackle. Pete Sweeney, Arrowhead Pride, with us here for a couple more minutes on Cody and Gold. Uh, the three big rookies coming out of the draft for the Chiefs that I think everybody was looking at to say, okay, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do this season. Sky Moore, George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie. McDuffie hasn't played that much. Sky's played sparingly. Karloftis has played the most. But we really haven't seen that that breakout performance from any of those guys. Which of those three players do you will think we will see that breakout game from first? Yeah, I I think it's George Karloftis, because George Karloftis has a lot of hidden production as far as pressures go. If you go by PFF, he's number two in quarterback pressures on the team. I know he's only gotten home once, but I, I got to think those numbers will start to, to hike up, especially as he continues to get regular season games under his belt. And I, man, I just like the motor of Karloftis. And I, I really think that there's a case to be made that, and a valid one that he's the best defensive end on the team. And, and I, I don't think I'm stretching that much when I, I say that, even as far as it got, like maybe that does say something about the depth of the, the Chiefs defensive line. And, and if you want to complain about that, I wouldn't blame you for that. But I think Carl Loftus by the end of this year, and, and maybe this is a bold take, but I think he has between like four and six sacks. Like that, wow. that to me is your, you're going to be your breakout star, even as, even as, even as good as McDuffie looked in those 20 snaps, and even though we've seen glimpses of Sky Moore, I, I think Karloftis is going to be the breadwinner when, it, when it's over here. And I know that's a bold take, but I, I think there's hidden production, and those eventually turn into sacks. So. Pete Sweeney, he is the editor-in-chief over at Arrowhead Pride. He's our Chiefs insider, and he joins us each and every Friday here on Cody and Gold. Appreciate it, man. I'm sure the seat is nice and toasty now that you've been in the car for a little while. I wish we had seat warmers in studio. This studio is an icebox, so I'm jealous. Not, not only am I excited about this Chiefs game on Sunday night, I, I got a warm butt on Friday, so that, that's all <laughs> I can ask for. There you go. There's Pete Sweeney. He joins us uh, each and every week here. Bye, Pete. On Cody and Gold. I already hung. I already dropped. Pete? I already dropped. I already dropped the call. He's gone. He's gone, man. He's Peter. Gone. He's he's definitely gone. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. I think I think we did. Well, you did. <laughs> I think it'll be all right. You can send him a text real quick okay. if you need to. I will. That question you asked him, uh, we'll get into that coming up in the Chiefs red half hour, which is yeah, who is most likely to have that breakout performance first? Uh, so that's something we can get to in just a little bit. Uh, Let's get to all 32, though, in the NFL. All 32 is presented by Anthony Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electric. Technicians you can trust with your house keys. I'm starting with Houston because how did anyone talk themselves into Davis Mills being a real answer? He looked okay at the end of last year. Nobody can possibly think he's still a starter, though, right? Because you did. Last last year, you you were on the Davis Mills bandwagon. You have to even no, admit. No, because I started off the Davis Mills bandwagon. Then the Jaguars beat the Bills in my Survivor League pick, so then I had to reverse course. Okay, so you're so now he you're backtracking was, listen, off, the, off the Davis Mills By hype. the end of the year, uh-huh. all those first-round quarterbacks. Yeah. He was, with the exception of Mac Jones, he was better than all of them. But that says more about the rest of them than it did Davis Smith. Well, we've learned that this <laughs> like, season. Uh, he's going to be a forgotten name in the NFL very soon. Like, we'll fast forward eight years from now and be like, who was the guy in between C.J. Stroud when they drafted him? Who was the guy in between? Oh, yeah, they, they, they trotted out Davis Mills, and they had Lovey Smith as their head coach. They pretended to try to win games and talk themselves into it. Oh, yeah. Now, now they're actually winning AFC South titles because the AFC South sucks. Now, that, now they have a quarterback. Um, 
Is that, wait, a, is that your take, that yeah. they're going to start winning AFC South titles I think next within, year? Within, no, 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 no. Within the next five years, the Texans will have a division title again because Ryan Tannehill and the Titans will fall off, and that division sucks. You think the Colts are figuring out anytime soon? No. Jags or Texans will be winning that division over the next couple of years, starting in two years. But anyway, uh, Davis Mills has thrown over 200 yards four times this season, man. Four times. That's not an NFL starting quarterback. That's why I also don't think Justin Fields is one either. Yeah, I would tend At to agree Fields with that. At least Fields can run. Davis Mills. How many of those guys? How many of those quarterbacks drafted last year are NFL caliber starting quarterbacks? How many from last year's draft? Yeah, I I don't think any of them. Not one. Not Mac Jones. I think eventually he will not be the starter in New England. I think we've seen how this dynamic has played out. I know he's starting again right now, but with the whole Bailey Zappi thing, not that I think Zappi's the guy, but just that the way they were so easily willing, they can claim injury and all that. I think the Patriots need to go draft another quarterback, and I think they what will. What about the Jaguars? Are you are you giving up on Trevor? Oh, Lawrence sorry, I forgot well? about Trevor. I'm not giving up on Trevor. I forgot about Trevor. He's not playing well this year. No, but he's but he's not. He's still been the most promising guy, other than Mac Jones. The one that I'm really out on is Justin Fields. I just man, I I just don't believe it. They have it. Here's the problem with like that is he may not be the guy, but. I, I just I haven't seen enough because they have done absolutely nothing to put talent around him or to try and figure out a way to to make that work. I'll tell you what, man. I know this is is tough to sell because their upcoming schedule isn't exactly easy after this week. But I just got a feeling that the Packers are about to turn things on. I have a feeling that even though everybody's ready to throw in the towel, they're sitting here at three and five. They've had golden opportunities. I mean, they lost to the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders. So it's really tough for me to look at that, which was the easiest portion of their schedule. Now they play the Lions this week and say, oh, but now they're about to turn it on because after the Lions, it doesn't get very easy. They have to play the Cowboys. They have to play the Titans. They have to play the Eagles. I still think the Packers are a playoff team. I think something about that Bills game last week gave me a little bit of confidence that this team isn't completely dead quite yet. They're not the team they were last year. They're not the team they were the previous three years. Aaron Rodgers is not the same guy. The weapons are not the same. I, we know who the Packers are. But I, I just refuse to believe that Rodgers is going to allow, and Matt LaFleur, who we know is a good NFL coach, I refuse to believe that they are going to allow this team to bottom out. And I don't believe in the NFC. I don't care what they do the rest of the regular season. If this team sneaks into the playoffs, you're not going to want to see them because well, it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't disagree. I think their problems are still more fixable than the Bucks. I agree. But and the Rams. But what's weird is, I know this is going to sound the opposite, and it is to, it, they both can be true because of the divisions. The Bucks' problems are less fixable. I still think the Bucks win the NFC South. The Packers aren't going to win the, the NFC North because the Vikings already have, what, six wins. But I right. trust the Packers to fix it. And to your point, if the Packers can get in the dance, I think there's still value on them. I last checked like 25 to one to win the Super Bowl. I, I, I still think there's value there. And I understand people roll their eyes at that. But and maybe I'm leaning on Rodgers too much there. But I, I think against the Bills, there were some promising signs. But we'll see. I mean, they have to take care of business this week against Detroit. Have to, have to do that. There's no, I mean, they, if they lose to Detroit, then then we do have to say it's just not going to happen for them. Yeah, because right now, I mean, you look at the NFC playoff picture, the Eagles, Vikings, Seahawks, Falcons. Those are your top four seats, which is weird. Um, the Eagles are the only ones you could have talked yourself into being a division winner before the season. Maybe the Vikings, if you were bullish on them. But the Cowboys, the Giants, yeah. and the Niners, 
I mean, there, there's not a ton of open spots because somebody has to win the South. If the if it's the Bucks and the Falcons fall off, if it's the Seahawks who fall off, then the Niners probably jump up there and take that. I think the Niners might be the second best team in the NFC, honestly. But I think there will I like be Cowboys. An opp- I think Cowboys second best team in the league there or will, in the NFC. Excuse me. There will be an opportunity here where a, a, a couple of these teams might fall off. Like imagine if the Seahawks fall off, the Niners end up winning that division. I still think realistically, there's two or three playoff spots up for grabs in the NFC, and it wouldn't shock me whatsoever if the Packers nab one of them. That is all 32 in the NFL. Presented by Anthony Plumbing, Keating, Cooling, and Electric Technicians. You can trust with your house keys. Let's get to a quick trash of the day. Trash of the day. You know I love the dumb, like, bank robbery stories. We had the guy, it's probably been over a month now, that I still don't know if they caught him, though, but it was the crystal clear photo of him like rob- 4k yeah yeah i mean it's crystal clear of a photos you could ever see of a guy robbing a bank i think it was the bank of america here in town unfortunately and i don't know if they caught the guy but i mean he was staring right at the camera hd image it was amazing so this one has to do with someone in north carolina that was trying to rob a bank and he was writing demands you know whatever the demand you know every x amount of money or whatever uh the problem is this guy wrote the demands on his own paycheck. So he Excuse takes me. the paycheck, which has his name on it and potentially address on it. And he wrote the demands on that. So you might be stunned to hear that they were very easily able to track down Seriously? the accused bank robber. I know. Isn't that weird? Is that, it was his real name. It, it was. It wasn't someone else's name, but he got caught because... Of that. Well, what if this is like a, you know, Heath Ledger Joker situation? He wanted to get caught. I, I don't think Like, so. what's his next move? He visited a bank drive through on November 1st around 11 a.m. He slipped the bank teller a note demanding money through the drive through but drove away before he received any cash. Wait, you robbed it? You can't rob a bank through a drive through can you? I wouldn't think so. And it's I'm also the demand, not... The demand thing. I'm not advocating for bank robbery or identity theft, but at this point point in life wouldn't it be easier just to steal someone's identity and get money that way yeah don't use your own identity first off and if you're gonna rob a bank i'm pretty sure you need to go you inside need to go the bank. in and have a slipped, firearm or something <laughs> what did he say i sure would appreciate if you guys would give me some cash i'm not armed but he i need dr- the money yeah he, he he what's weird is though he he slipped the note and then he drove away before he got cash the surveillance video showed the guy in a gray a gray toyota and eventually they tracked him down because when investigators examined the note, they found it was written on the back of a paycheck stub with the recipient's name still visible on the check. The suspect had attempted to write over the name on the front of the check. However, the name was clearly legible, according to police. They searched the name on the pay stub and found that the man had an outstanding warrant for larceny of a motor vehicle, the same type of car and license plate the man was seen driving through the bank drive through So this guy was just a complete moron all the way around. Uh, you already stole a car. You used the same stolen car through a bank drive through which has plenty of cameras, and then you tried to rob the bank through the drive through using a pay stub that had your name on it. This guy dropped the ball all the way around. Moron. Well, I don't know if he dropped the... I don't know if he ever really had the ball to begin with. What if this was like a John Q situation? You ever see that movie with Denzel Washington? Bits and pieces of it. I don't know if I oh, watched man. it all the way through. Sad movie. Sad movie. Really? Because, oh, yeah. You, you don't know whether to root for him or to hate him because his son has this rare disease, needs a heart transplant, can't what, afford it, can't get on the top of the people? list. No, he went and took a hospital hostage. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah, so it's like, you know what? He... How do you not... F- you I feel, don't feel like don't... this is the same scenario. <laughs> hey, Mike, could be. We, we don't know. It could, this guy could be suffering from some incurable disease or one of his loved ones. Yeah, but Let's I don't, wait for all the details rob... to come out before we bury this guy. You're going to go rob a... 
a bank. But he already committed two different crimes. We don't Stealing even know. a car, trying to rob a bank. We don't even know that he was armed, though. So I mean, he has a job. Why didn't he just cash his paycheck? Why does it matter if he was armed or not? He's still, trying to, point. Re- still trying to We kind of re- glossed over the fact that that what? was a paycheck. He had a paycheck. Yeah, so. he had money that he could have deposited into the <laughs> bank. But no, I'm just going to try yeah, and rob even, him. Did he even get the date? Did they was still take care of that deposit? Like, do you, Or was it just the pay stub, right? You know, whereas like direct deposit and you still, you know, sometimes you still like you can still go online yeah. and get the pay stub, even if it's direct deposited. Based off this individual, I do Got not it. think that he probably yeah. was doing direct deposit. Probably Wait, what, what makes you say that? Well, I, the story that you just read. Don't huh. judge a book by its cover, yeah, man. Ed. Up next, though, it was a question we just asked P. Sweeney about the Chiefs in the second half and who's going to have that breakout game first. He said it's Karloftis. There's two other kids. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Candidates, next. Chiefs Red Half Hour, every day at 11.30 on Cody and Gold. Chiefs Red Half Hour is brought to you by Greenway Ford. It's a new day, a new way at the all-new Greenway Ford. A reminder, coming up at 1 o'clock, Andy Reid. He'll speak one final time before the Chiefs get set to take on the Tennessee Titans. You'll hear him live. We'll get a final injury update. Looks like the Chiefs are in really good shape, though, when it comes to that heading into Sunday's game. The Really, the, the bigger thing to follow will be later today when Mike Vrabel speaks to so the Tennessee Titans to get some sort of perhaps official word on who the quarterback is. You just heard our conversation with Pete Sweeney, and I think everybody's on the same page. It seems more and more like Malik Willis is going to play, but also if you're the Titans, you know if Malik Willis is playing that you have no chance, none, even whatever slim chance well, you had before. last week was any indication, it's that ten they passes. don't trust him at yeah. all. Yeah, 10 passes. Or yeah. that Derrick Henry's 200-plus yards. I mean, still really good. I mean, I don't care who's starting, if it's Tannehill or or uh, Malik Willis. If I'm looking at that yeah. wide receiver core, I'm saying nobody. we're giving it to Derrick Henry 29 times. 
So we'll hear from Andy Reid coming up a little bit later on in the show. You asked the question to Pete about who will have a breakout game first, Sky Moore, George Karloftis, or Trent McDuffie. He said Karloftis, and I think Karloftis has been the closest to it already because he's been getting the most playing time out of everybody. So all it takes is for Karloftis, even on Sunday, if Karloftis gets a sack and it's a tackle for a loss, does that does that a breakout game for you, or does he no. have to have a strip sack and another sack? Is he a two sack game? I'm talking about we're like we're like okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know statistically exactly what I would want to see, but a game where you would leave and that would be one of the headlines, like wow, big game from this guy, big game from that guy. Like for Sky Moore, if it's if Sky Moore had six catches for 92 yards and a touchdown, that's a breakout game. Yeah. If George Karloftis has a sack and a half and a three tackles for a loss, that's a breakout game. Okay. That's what I'm waiting to see. Yeah, Karloftis is still best position out of this group to do that. Because we know he's just going to play the most. We, he's going to play the most. And he's had his moments, not breakouts, yeah. but he's had his moments already. I mean, we, we've watched him. There's been flashes. I think everybody's now waiting for more than the flash. And fair or not, like it's still only seven games into the guy's career. I get it. Trent McDuffie's a tough one because he's only played a quarter and a half, but I actually think he might have the best chance to do it quicker in a weird way. I know Karloff is getting the playing time, but for someone to claim McDuffie has a breakout game in a lot of people's eyes, fair or not, it's simply, Oh, did he, did he have an interception? Uh, did, did, did he, did he not get beat once? Like for, if you told me McDuffie on Sunday, got a pick and we look and we say, man, they just didn't go after him. Even if it's Tennessee, someone would claim, oh, that's a breakout game in his See, first game. I think it's easier for people to find that for the corner. Sure. And so, yeah, I don't want to turn this into a discussion of, like, semantics. But, like, yeah. do you think that when Jalen Watson had to pick six for the, versus the Chargers, that was a breakout game? Or was that just a really big play and a really big moment? That was a breakout game for him. Yeah. I think that's absolutely how we all talked about it. Yeah, but for him, and him doing anything would have been I get, I, I mean, trust seventh me, I, round. Trust rookie. me, I get what you're saying. I get what you're alluding to. I get what you're saying, but I think leaving that game, everybody said, "Man, what a what a breakout!" Let me, no, let me tell you this. Here's 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 how I want to do it with these three guys because the reason why we're lumping these three guys together is they were the first three picks of the draft, and those were the three guys who you said, mm-hmm. "Okay, they're they're going to play this year because they're at positions where the Chiefs have needs: cornerback, wide receiver, pass rush." So those were the three names after the draft that we had all circled and said, "Okay, the." Big expectations for these guys. And the expectations are that, are they going to just be dudes or are they going to be guys that you can sort of build around for the next couple of years? So for me, to consider it a breakout game, it would be, oh, this guy's got the goods. Not just you had a nice game, not just you had a nice play. Yo, you got an interception. Lots of guys get interceptions. What I want to know, not on this team. This what year. I want to see is, can you give me a game where we all say, oh, that guy's good. That guy's good, and that looks like a nice little piece to build around. This guy looks like more than just another rookie. He showed you a flash of why the Chiefs yeah, drafted him. Like Jalen Watson getting an interception. Trim McDuffie getting an interception. We're not going to come in yeah, on Monday and pick say. six for 99 yards, though. Right, but, what, but even then we didn't say, wow, expect big things for Jalen no. Watson the rest of the way. For me, it's got to be, oh, that's a glimpse of the future because yeah. of the way he played. Like, for McDuffie, it wouldn't just be an interception. It would be, and I don't know if you can do this because we don't think a lot of the talent on Tennessee. Mm-hmm. The way to have a breakout game is, were you shadowing so-and-so for half his routes, and did you just, like, shut him down? Right? Did you, in a game against who they play next week? Okay, let's say if it's Jags. even Christian Kirk. 
What if he's on Christian Kirk for half the game, gets targeted seven times, gives up one catch for 13 yards? That, to me, would be a breakout mm. game because he said, oh, that gave us a glimpse of the, uh, the idea that this guy could be a shutdown corner. Right, not just the yeah, one statistical I, I, thing, or that if Trent McDuffie is just, I, not Trent McDuffie, if George Karloftis is just wrecking some left tackle for four quarters, even if he's not getting home every single time, we said, oh, that was a dominant performance because they couldn't block him. Yeah, that, I mean, I, to me, is more what I look for. I mean, I'll tell you who they need it more from. It's pretty simple. It's George Karloftis. I mean, if we're picking out of the three, who, who do they need to have the breakout game more? It's not even close. The answer is George Karloftis. You his think positional he's, value. he's the most important? Yeah, no question. I mean, that, that's who they would need it from the most for, for long-term and, I would argue, for this season. Now, I think it's very important they're getting Trent McDuffie back for this, for this young secondary, but knowing positional value, knowing we've talked about hey can you get pressure on the quarterback consistently you want to help out Trent McDuffie in the secondary you want to help out Legereus Sneed well then have multiple guys that you can count on to get consistent pressure Chris Jones is the only guy you can count on if you could somehow get to a point where you can count on George Karloftis then yeah that is a huge development for this team I think I think Sky Moore is right there next to him I would actually have McDuffie third because I don't think they need Sky Moore to, to break out this season. Long-term, yeah, because they only got three co- wide receivers under contract. For this year, because what we've seen from Juju and MVS, Travis Kelsey doing his thing, uh, I, I think they... No, 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 but, but, but you're right. But you need him to break out this season because it's going to significantly impact the decisions that you have to make after the season. If we go through this whole season and you get nothing from Sky Moore, you're going to feel really nervous about the offseason to the point where you're going to say... They have to re-sign Juju. Otherwise, I don't know what other Aren't options we, you're going to have to get talent on this wide receiver room. Because if you go into the offseason yeah, not having seen anything from Sky Moore, then you're going to be to the point where you're saying, I don't know All if right. we can sort of trust that this guy's going to take any sort of step in year two or ever be anything for this offense. I would argue that's the mindset that the fans are going to have heading into next year anyway, because they're going to look at and see that it's Tony it's MVS and it's Sky Moore, I guess, Justin Ross, if you really want to get desperate to throw in the mix there, too, that's under contract. But those are the guys that are under contract. So I think to, whether Sky Moore all of a sudden had four really good games down the stretch or not, Nick, I think what you're saying is correct. I just think that's happened. We've already reached the point nine games into the season that what you're saying about Sky Moore is how everybody's going to feel heading into next season. They're already going to be nervous. Like, Probably. I don't think it's changing. Because I also don't think the opportunities are going to be there the rest of the year, really, for Sky Moore to do so. I think there's going to be a lot of fans after this season saying, you got to sign Juju because you don't trust Tony, you don't trust Sky, etc. I already think we're headed that direction. And it'll be a very similar conversation that we had this offseason, which was, man, are they... How many times do we go back and forth with all, on all three shows here on the station? Go back and forth about, man, do you, tr- do you, do you are you confident in Juju and MVS and McCole Hartman next offseason? Are you guys confident in whoever the number one is or Juju, whoever that's going to be, and Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony? We're in very similar conversations that we had this offseason about the wide receiver core. I, I understand, but I still think that for for a team that expects to not just have a good offense, but you expect to have weapons all over the place, you know, McCall Hardman's probably not going to be right. back. I think there, we expect more of the offense than we do the defense. No question. We expect the defense or we hope for the defense because they haven't actually meet this expectation at any point in the last four years. We hope yeah. that the pass rush can just be good. Everybody wants a great pass rush, but I don't think anybody's, getting to the point where you think that the Chiefs pass rush is going to be great this year or next year. Yeah, but Carl ex- is still more, far more important for long-term, given where he was drafted as well, to this team's success, I would argue, than Sky Moore. 
they just showed us this offseason that they have been able to make it work with four different receivers. I think if okay, you're so, saying so like, then what's let me the, ask you this, then how many receivers can you miss on in the draft to the point where it doesn't matter? Far more than I can continue to miss on on the defensive line. I have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. As long as those two guys are around, I do think they can make it work with more guys than most teams can make it work with. Defensively, yeah, I don't I don't I, Carl Loftus, especially with looking at this defense right now, that's a guy that has to pan out to be somebody. We're already talking about them needing to go spend money on another edge rusher or extend Chris Jones. Like, so I I just am different than you are on that. You're right that when you have Mahomes and Andy Reid, that you expect the offense to be great. I don't disagree with that at all. But I also, we expect them to be great because of how we view Mahomes and Andy Reid. And so I expect, you're right, I expect Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes to figure it out. I have that confidence that they will figure that out more so than suddenly George Karloftis, the top pick in the draft, doesn't turn out to be anybody. Uh, that they can they can recover from that as easily. I, I disagree on that. I think George Karloftis has to be a key piece of the future. So just, just nobody's even, we're not even going to entertain Trent McDuffie, even though he was the first player they took in the draft on the traded up to get him as well? No, you asked me the question. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like we who had this whole conversation, who, who neither needs, one of us even entertaining yeah. Trent McDuffie. I, I mean, who do they need for, again, there's a the long-term and the short-term. They're two different conversations. Like Short-term, who do they need more? Long-term, who do they need more? Long term, it is. Are, is Trent McDuffie the answer to either of those questions? Long, long term, it's Karloftis and McDuffie. And short term, it is just Karloftis and slightly McDuffie. After I think. That. I think my thing is with the, the wide receiver group is, I'm not sure long term. And I, when I say long term, like yeah. even into next year, I'm just not sure how much the Chiefs expect MVS to be a part of this offense. And knowing how the wide receiver market is shifting. And how if you're going to go get guys in free agency, it's going to cost you a pretty it penny. Is. You really, you, you need to to hit on these wide receivers that you're drafting. And I, I get sure. it. Same can be said about the pass rush. Totally understand. But the Chiefs' formula for winning championships is always going to be predicated on having not just a good offense, not one of the better offenses. Here's the problem. The best offense. And you can't do that if you keep drafting receivers and you don't hit on them and they don't become guys that you can consistently rely upon, which the last two guys, McColl has been fine, but he's not somebody long-term who's going to be a part of their plans. If Sky doesn't happen as well, then it's like, okay, well, are you going to have to go out and really start paying more yeah, in the yeah, offseason? I, I get the frustration. Like you're saying, go draft a guy that can be a number one wide receiver. And I get, and I get that. And or a number two, you know? We'd have, they haven't even done that with McColl. Or- yeah, I, I would argue I think it's way too early. Uh, to tell me that Skymore can never no, be a number I, two. I agree. You know I, I mean? agree. Like, but I, like, that's why I'm saying yeah. I would love, I would love going into this off season to be able to look at him sure. next year and say, you know what? Let's see what Skymore looks like as the as the number two opposite Juju Smith Schuster. That would be a great boon. The rest, yeah. Of the I mean, way. I'm I'm guessing already heading into next season, MVS is going to be the number two wide receiver. Probably, again. but and I don't I don't think that's this huge terrible thing to have happen. By the way, if that's actually the case, I think the big question will be, be is my who's preference. The, who's the one? Is it Juju back on a new contract? Is it a receiver that they have to go and and trade for? Is it a guy they draft? I mean, that's I think where we're where we're headed because me, Tony can slide in potentially to the McCall Hardman role. And then it's question is, yeah, where does sky more fit in? Like, I just, you know, when, when it comes to the wide receiver conversation, that's something that I think we'll have all, all off season as well. Now thinking of wide receivers, we know Tyree kills, not part of the equation here in Kansas city. We know he's pacing for 2000 yards down there in Miami. Right. And Bart Scott was having a conversation on ESPN yesterday. It's like a two minute clip. I'm not going to play the two minutes, but basically he was asking a question 
which is who's had a more impressive year, Tyreek Hill or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes has a similar environment. He still has Andy Reid. He's comfortable. He has Travis Kelsey, who's his number one weapon. Tyreek Hill went to a new environment, a losing culture, and he's exceeded expectations. This guy is on pace for 2,000 yards receiving, and his franchise quarterback in Tua Bailoa hasn't even been available because of the concussions. The fact that he's elevated, it is rare that you have a free agent come to a new destination and exceed expectations. And yes, I understand that they're behind right now within the division, but we expect with Chubb that they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. When you have Patrick Mahomes in the environment that he's already in, they're always a a Super Bowl contender. But they lost one person. They only lost one person. Tyreek Hill traded in all his cards. We're playing poker. He put in 10 cards and took two 10 new cards, and he's still having a productivity. And he has a team that has been in the basement, has not been a Super Bowl contender. He elevated them. So what I'm saying is when you think about the rise and the ascension of the Dolphins, it's greater than the ascension and the rise of the Kansas City Chiefs. So he went on from there. Tyreek Hill has absolutely been impressive. I think he has a great chance to be the offensive player of the year in the league. When you're pacing for 2,000 yards, he's been – Which has never been done. Yeah, he's incredible. And – He's doing it, as Bart Scott said, with a team that has had backup quarterbacks play multiple games this season. I mean, I think that does make it impressive. But it's very much revisionist history to use what he's using against Patrick Mahomes. Because all offseason, and prior to the Tyreek Hill trade even, it was, one, in the past, Patrick Mahomes is doing all this because of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Then it shifted to... Man, without Tyreek Hill, Nick, Mahomes, they're not going to be nearly as good on offense. So which one is it? Because well, now... Bart's, well, well now, to be fair, Bart Scott sucks at this. He sucks so, at doing TV. So the Chiefs are pacing better offensively than they were a year ago or two years ago right now without Tyreek Hill. To me, you can't downplay Mahomes' accomplishments for the prior two or three years and say, well, he's doing it because of Reed and Tyreek. And then when he loses him, say, well, you've still got Andy Reed and you only lost one guy. Which one is well, it? Well, I mean, Bart's got some moron. This is what he does. And I, I'm assuming he must have the same agent or the same talent coach as LaShawn McCoy, who maybe just told them, hey, you're really bad at this, so just say outlandish things and then... Maybe local radio shows in Kansas City will talk at you. So I guess Nick's a huge fan of Bart Scott. Dude, he's okay. Bart Scott sucks. (laughs) Uh, uh, LaShawn McCoy sucks. They don't mean the things that they're saying. They're just like, hey, how can I piss people off? I get it. I mean, this is the same guy who last week said Kadarius Tony was already the best receiver on the team. He said he was. Tyree kill already. The dude is an idiot. <laughs> he is like objectively a stupid guy. So I don't want to like give this guy much credence, but to his point, all uh, against his point, all he's really saying is that uh, we were wrong about Tua Tonga Bailoa. That, that's that's mm-hmm. what we're really saying. Yeah. Because it's only impressive if you think that Tua sucks, but through f- six starts, it was five and one, and one of them he went out with and got injured. He's been a lot better. We were wrong about Tua. That's what this is about. We thought Tua sucked. Turns out he's an above average quarterback. Unless you just think that, that Tyree Kill is making Tua Tonga Bailoa, to which point I would say, then what about Jalen Waddell, who is pacing for 1,500 yards this season as well? That offense doesn't make any sense to me. All they do on every single play is drop back, throw it deep to Jalen Waddell and Tyree Kill, and it works incredibly well. I, I don't get it. But in terms of like who is more impressive, 
it seems like we're splitting hairs here. These, yeah. are, these guys are having two of the best seasons in the NFL. It's more surprising. It's more surprising. That Tyreek's pacing for that. That Tyreek's yeah. pacing yeah. for that. But again, it's only surprising because we thought Tua stunk and we thought this wasn't going to work out. But in terms of who's more impressive, like, Look at what it's just Patrick Mahomes that. is pacing with. He's pacing with a bunch of guys who were thought of as being number two receivers coming into this season. I knew this was going to happen, though. Like, we, we could all have, like, scripted out where the narratives would go if the Chiefs were able to do what you could have hoped they would do, which is, you know, find a way without Tyreek Hill and with MVS and Juju and McColl and Sky Moore, even though it's been very limited, you know, to, to be the best office in football. We said, oh, watch everybody quickly downplay you know, the departure of, of Tyreek. It's like you made it seem like this huge deal in the offseason and that it was going to cause the Chiefs to no longer be a top five offense and all this. And now that they've made it look fairly easy without him, now suddenly it's not that big of a deal. Well, you still have Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. Like, this is kind of how this crap works. It was very predictable. It's tough for me to focus on what he said. I just, I cannot stand Bart Scott. Last year it was Ryan Clark who I canceled. Bart Scott's going to be the new guy. But it's going to be a neck-and-neck race, I think, until the season's end between him and LaShawn McCoy. So I would assume now that Bart Scott has said another stupid thing that LaShawn's you know, back to the drawing board and saying, what can I do to top him? Because oh, LaShawn McCoy's worse at it, actually. He's you think LaShawn McCoy's worse than, than Bart Scott? At least, so Bart Scott may say more outrageous things, but Bart Scott, at least he's like hosted a radio show in New York before. Like he's actually, I actually think he's better in general. LaShawn McCoy just doesn't know what the hell he's doing up there. I don't really like Ryan Clark either, but like no. I actually like Ryan Clark a lot. Really, he yeah, said yeah. a lot of stupid stuff like, last year as well. Everybody though. says stupid things, but like Ryan Clark, well, actually, I, I, we don't say stupid things never, ever. Never. Uh, Ryan Clark, I actually think is pretty damn good at his job. He's been better this year. He's he's kind of stopped with. Uh, he's rose up your Nick Schwartz power ranking. Well, he's just he's stopped with the let me just say the most outlandish things. That's 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 the problem with uh, you know who ruined it for everybody is Charles Barkley. He's so good at what he does. And he calls people out and he kind of tells it how it is. And he a lot of times takes shots at people. And I feel like everybody feels like that's now the blueprint for being successful as an athlete in media is I, Oh, I gotta, I gotta wow. tell it how it is. I, Here's the problem. Charles Barkley's really smart. He's really good at it. You guys are not just saying stupid things to try and get attention is such a hack move. I think a lot of it though, is just like the, the debate shows in general and like after first take and everything, yeah, skip and change, like it, that has changed everything too. Because Here's the thing, though. those guys know their agents. Even if you don't those like agents, those guys, they're good at what they do. Right, but like their their agents have also like if you're LaShawn McCoy's agent, if you're Bart Scott's agent, like they've they, in talking to the producers at ESPN or Fox or whatever, that is what they want them to be. Like they they want they want them to be full of hot takes and huge huge opinions, whether they believe them or not. That's like that is what they view as the key for those type of shows. Yeah, but is if you're not good at it, you're not going to parlay that into a bigger gig. You actually have to be somewhat compelling. You actually have to. I, mean, like, I don't know, know what, what bigger gig about. Bart Scott can really get at this point. I mean, this is the ceiling. Yes, he's not getting like NFL Live. And ultimately, if the end game is to get people he's... talking about it, you guys just spent ten minutes talking about right. Bart Scott. If he's up. that terrible, I it seems like it he got Nick, what he wanted. I I can peel back the curtain on this one. I will tell you, Nick Nick hates when I bring up things that are said on national platforms. He can tell you that. He, yeah, I know he I Nick do. hates when I do this. Well, I just Which is why like, I saved it just for the day that said. you filled in. I know, but it's just it's exactly why judges said it. Is that, that's <laughs> all they want. They don't actually believe this. All they want us they want to rile people up. They want other people to talk about it so that now they are in 
the media conversation. And it's it's way more difficult, especially from a national level, because we're all so close to the situations around here. So to evaluate something from a 30,000-foot view, I do feel like is harder. But a lot of those guys, I'm with you. I think they are terrible. The only reason Bart Scott got his job is because he said, can't wait. And people thought that he was going to be an amazing personality. That's a great and point. he ended up being a total boob. Uh, if he wouldn't have said can't wait to Sal Palantonio, yeah, would he have ever Pal. gotten in the media? No, he wouldn't. I, I think it's a fair point. I also say he played in New York, and so if you have a personality the, you know and you're what? in New York and you played football there, someone's you know going to give would, you a gig. But here's my, here would be my for counter to that. For the Jets, though. It's not like he played for the Giants. Here would be yeah. my counter to that, though, is that Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, they got their podcast together in, the Heights, podcast. in New Heights. It's really, really good. Now, they're current players, so maybe it's a little bit different. And yeah. they're brothers, so like the dynamic is good. I listen to that podcast. Either one of those guys could immediately, the second they're done with the they could get jobs doing doing this. And here's the thing. They wouldn't have to do the outlandish, crazy, let's bury somebody, let's say something stupid. They wouldn't, but I'll tell you, the us. sad reality is I don't, like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't get the uh, undisputed or first take No, you gig. know what they'd do That's instead? The they'd, they'd be on get, NFL they'd Live. They'd be on NFL Live doing yeah. panels, which I agree. is probably going to get more eyeballs than. Don't disagree, but, like, the type of show that Bart Scott's being asked to do, that's what they, that's what they're hoping you By bring. the way, uh, uh, yeah. on the last podcast of. Uh, New Heights? Of New Heights. Uh, Travis Kelsey gave a pretty glowing endorsement of Kadarius Tony. Okay. Maybe Said, we'll have to. Maybe we have to. I don't have the audio. I just had the text. I have the oh. transcript. All right. We'll, we'll hear that. We'll, we'll have you read it to us, Nick. Coming up on the other side, we'll also get to what's trending. And it wasn't quite Shaq Barrett laughing at the Chiefs, but someone in Tennessee had an interview about the Chiefs yesterday. I want to hear what he had to say next. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.